0: Without objection, the chair is authorized to declare recess of the subcommittee at any time. The subcommittee is meeting today to hear testimony on unlocking Indian country's economic potential. Under Committee Rule 4F, any oral opening statements at hearings are limited to the chairman and the ranking minority member and I therefore ask unanimous consent that all other members' opening statements be made part of the hearing record if they are submitted in accordance with Committee Rule 30. without objection, so ordered. I ask unanimous consent that the gentlewoman from New Mexico, Ms. Stansbury, be allowed to sit and participate in today's hearing. Without objection, so ordered. I will now recognize myself for an opening statement. Today, there are 574 federally recognized Indian tribes with a population of approximately 2.8 million American Indian and Alaska Natives living in the United States. There are approximately 56 million acres of Indian land, and of that, 46 million acres belong to Indian tribes. And an additional approximately 44 million acres of land in Alaska are owned in fee simple by Alaska Native corporations under unique terms established by Congress to settle aboriginal land claims in Alaska. Although tribes are sovereign governments, some suffer health, social, and economic disparities, as well as higher poverty rates in comparison to other non-native communities. These disparities contribute to higher rates of unemployment in Indian country and an underdeveloped business and entrepreneur environment. For many Indian tribes and Alaska natives, real property holdings are the basis for social, cultural, and religious life, and often their single most important economic resource. Typically, Indian lands primarily fall into one of three categories, trust, fee, and restricted fee. Trust land is owned and managed by the United States through the Department of the Interior, and these lands are held in trust for the benefit of an Indian tribe or individual Indians. It is inalienable and non-taxable. Restricted fee land is fee simple land that an Indian tribe or individual Indian may own and hold title, but is subject to a restriction against alienation and taxation. An Indian tribe or individual Indians also own fee simple land that can be freely alienated or encumbered without federal approval. The current paradigm of the trust responsibility as conceived and implemented by the government has, in the view of some, reached all matter of harm on tribal communities. When federal Indian land is held in trust by the Department of the Interior, legal title to that land is effectively owned by the federal government. This distinction means that no decisions about these trust lands can occur without the approval of Washington bureaucrats, and this can slow, or in some cases, halt development for years. It also drives up costs. While some statutes, like the Long-Term Leasing Act, have enabled some tribes to lease their land for longer terms, any tribes still face the effects of the Non-Intercourse Act, which limits their ability to buy, lease, or sell land for economic development purposes. We're going to hear some of those stories today from our witnesses and what these individual exemptions allowed the represented tribes to accomplish. Expanding the ability of tribes to use their land in ways without needing to come to the government for approval is crucial for furthering self-determination and economic security. It is in this spirit that yesterday I introduced a bill that would allow all federally recognized tribes to authorize leases of up to 99 years for lands held in trust. This would get rid of the piecemeal approach Congress has taken on these requests for the past 67 years. Congress should continue to provide additional tools to all federally recognized Indian tribes to conduct the activities that they choose. Tribal governments already seek to make the best decisions for their members, for their social, cultural, and economic security. We should ensure that Indian lands, whether owned in fee, owned in restricted fee, or held in trust for the benefit of the tribes, are able to be used as the tribes want to use them. I look forward to today's discussion and how Congress can remove onerous restrictions on Indian lands, including trust lands, so that the tribes can unlock economic potential and diversify their business and economic interests. The chair now recognizes the ranking minority member for his statement.
1: Good morning all and thank you to the witnesses uh, for joining us here today. Uh, I'd also like to extend uh, my warm welcome to the chairwoman who is now heading up the committee and I look forward to ongoing bipartisan support on the issues of uh, affecting Native American tribes and our indigenous peoples as well as the insular areas. And I think that that's one of the wonderful parts of this committee, uh, this subcommittee. It has always acted in a way that puts the interests of uh, uh, our indigenous peoples, our Native Americans first. Um, And for that, I am very, very uh, pleased and proud of the great work we've done. Um, Economic sovereignty is how I often think of these issues, right, tribes need economic sovereignty. And today's topic of unlocking Indian tribes' economic potential is especially timely after the great bipartisan economic development work we accomplished last session. We did get a lot done and there is always more to do. The journey is a journey right? We constantly have an obligation to move ourselves forward. Uh, So last Congress, you know, we passed 26 tribal bills out of the House of Representatives, 18 of which were signed into law. uh, And this noted the bipartisanship work we did. And indeed, the two bills that we passed uh, last Congress, which we'll be hearing more about today, S-3773 authorized the leases of land uh, for the Confederate tribes of the Chehalis reservation, and uh, S-108 to authorize the Seminole tribe of Florida uh, to transfer, uh, uh, lease certain lands. And you know, when we brought those uh, bills, and as we talked about those bills, we pointed out the importance of making sure that we didn't continue to do this on a piecemeal basis but that we would create a fix that would apply to all tribes and so thank you very much Madam Chairwoman for uh, introducing the legislation and we look forward to working with you as we move forward on it. Um, So we uh, laid the groundwork back there for the broader fix uh, because we know that there are indeed um, obstacles Uh, and especially Uh, in terms of being able to move quickly on issues around developing tribal land. Uh, I did that work for about 30 years, so, I, you know, I, I was grinding my teeth more than once over the difficulties we were having getting the BIA to move quickly on leases or rights arrays. You know, I worked hard to have the BIA change its right array and leasing uh, statutes so that it would be easier for tribes to, to move. because. This, what we're dealing with, is not a silver bullet, but is one of the important pieces as we move forward. Uh, The bipartisan infrastructure law, for example, you know, we sent $13 billion for tribal communities, but if we cannot get those $13 million into the ground because rights away or leases are taking too long, that's going to be a problem, which is why we actually did appropriate additional monies for the BIA to... Uh, address the studies they need to do. Uh, My bill last year dealing with Tribal Historic Preservation Officers uh, and uh, and the whole Section 106 study to provide more funding for that, to permanently authorize it, would be another step that we need so those processes move faster. I need to tell you about one example of a great economic development engine in New Mexico, uh, because I think it is telling about one way you could do this. So the 19 Pueblos own jointly former boarding school land in Albuquerque, and they operate it jointly through a Section 17 corporation. What they have chosen to do is to provide leases of that land uh, in a master lease concept, right? So they get all the approvals upfront and then they themselves uh, direct the development of that land so that uh, retailers are renting from them so that the BIA is renting office space uh, from the tribes it serves themselves, generating significant resources. And one of the things that I love about this is as they are generating those resources, they are making sure that they are controlling both the land, the use of the land, and providing the cultural resources that are so important. So on that land is the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, the uh, center that is one of the third most visited sites in New Mexico, and we have a lot of tourism. So that's why I think it's such a beautiful example of how do we help tribes do what the Indian Pueblo marketing did in New Mexico, which is develop their lands, control, continue to control their economic destiny, as well as protecting their cultural heritage. So I look forward to hearing uh, the testimony of the witnesses today as we move to promote. Tribal economic sovereignty. Thank you so very much.
0: Thank you, and I will now. <clears throat> I will now introduce our witnesses: the Honorable Dustin Clatouche, Chairman, Confederated Tribe of the Chehalis Reservation, Oakville, Washington; the Honorable Joseph Ruckmick, Chairman, Prairie Band Potawatomi Nation, Mayetta, Kansas; the Honorable Waveline Saunders, Vice Chairwoman. Ch- Vice Chairwoman. Tano, Autumn Nation, Sells, Arizona, and Mr. Jason Robinson, Lands and Resource Officer, Cow Creek Band of Umpqua Tribe of Indians, Roseburg, Oregon. Let me remind the witnesses that under committee rules, they must limit their oral statements to five minutes, but their entire statement will appear in the hearing record. To begin your testimony, please press the talk button on the microphone, which I often forget, and we must use timing lights. When you begin, the light will turn green, when you have one minute left, the light will turn yellow, and at the end of five minutes, the light will turn red, and I will ask you to please complete your statement. I will also allow all witnesses on the panel to testify before member questioning. The Chair now recognizes the Honorable Dustin Clatouche for five minutes.